Ah, oh my god. Oh my god. There you guys are. Leland, you're back. Dude, where have you been, man? We've been looking everywhere for you. Yeah. I have no clue where I've been. I've been everywhere. The real question is, why'd you sit in the hot tub? I said it was... Well, I caution taped it off, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. I just thought it was decorative, okay? How am I supposed to know? I was drunk. That was for decorations, but the sign next to it that said don't get in the hot tub should have told you. Big dog. Big dog. I think you're going to have to let him in on it now. It can't be a let me in on what? Let me in on what? What are you okay. guys talking about? Leland, this is going to sound crazy, but there's a... Oh, Chad? We're too late. The time mongle. You guys hide. I have a plan. Uh, okay. Your time travel has consequences. Now the world is going to see what it's like without the big dog, the guy, and the people's host. Let's present the Turnbuckle Report without you. Hey, time mongle. Bet you weren't expecting this. Hasta la vista, baby. It was time for him to make like a tree and get out of here. Let's get back to the show, guys. Let's go. Hey, folks. This is the guy, Chad. You can catch us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Potomac, and more to come. You can catch us every Wednesday. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Stay healed, baby. to another episode of the Turnbuckle Report. I'm the host with the most. And to my left, I have the girl. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Doing pretty good. And to my right, I have pretty Kitty Cat Lampton. How are you tonight? What's up, guys? It's Kitty Cat Lampton. What are you guys sipping on tonight? I have some nice sweet wine. Ooh, fantastic. I've got myself some... uh... Malibu with uh, orange pineapple juice and just a hint of grenadine. Sounds amazing. I forgot alcohol. I'm just drinking oh, Dr. No. Pepper. Aww. How can you forget <laughs> alcohol with a I cocktail didn't know episode? I part of the thing. I mean, seriously, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I have to also <laughs> I have to also introduce our guest. Speaker tonight, Nick from Pixelbeards. How are you doing tonight, man? What is up? <laughs> you guys won't understand, but you sound completely different. <laughs> huh. How strange. Oh, no. Different? Are, are you just, you know, just ragging on us because, you know, we're not guys? What? Why would you be guys? In what universe would you be guys? <laughs> Did we do it? Did we do it? Are we back? Josh, are you there? Did we do it? I think it worked. You got him. Holy shit. I can. I, I think we're back. Is Leland here? Leland, did we get you? Are you back? Yeah, I'm here. What the fuck are you guys doing? I'm, oh I'm my God, losing thank my God. mind here. Well, if you didn't play for, around the For what, two weeks now, you've been ruining my, ruining my life over this shit. What are you guys doing? We were trying to fix this COVID shit, man. Like... Josh and I had this idea. We created yeah. a time machine. You screwed and everything fixed up. Your idea screwed everything You're up. Right. We 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 fucked up royalty, man. We we're sorry. Yeah. Guys, guys, guys. Wait. Nick's here. What's up? 
What? <laughs> What's going on, ladies? I mean, fellas. Nick! Huh? What the hell are you doing here? Oh, just hanging out, you know? Just seeing what's going on. Things have been uh, completely normal. Wait a second, what? I, it's been a long week. Never mind me, man. Okay. Yeah, it's been a long week. I've been stuck in Never Never Land for, for, for a fucking month now. Oh, boy. Because of these... these yeah, I can't even... I don't even know how I'm supposed to do a show tonight. I'm so hot. I'm so hot right now. I drove all the way here, so uh, I would be happy if we did a show. <laughs> all right, well... Yeah. Well, in three, two, one. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Turnbuckle Report. It's your host, Leland. The people's host, Leland. I'm back. I'm feeling good. And I can't feel this good without my boys. To my immediate left, the guy, Chad. What's up, brother? How's it going, buddy? How you feeling? How you doing? You know how I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm ready to bring in the man. The dog cast father himself, Josh. What's up, brother? What is going on, my dude? What's up, kitty cat? Kitty. The big dog. Oh, big dog. Sorry. The big dog. Oh, yeah. Big dog. My wolf, That's wolf. My Slip of the tongue. Not male. Kitty meow. cat. Kitty cat. It's like, we're selling old Roy, baby. We ain't touching that mitten kittens. Whatever it is. That yes. could have been really funny. That time travel's really, funny. really fucked with time, man. But... Everybody is ro- probably wondering, you know, who this Nick guy is. It's the Pixel Beard Man himself. What is going on? You know, you heard the debacle. You know that it's been really crazy lately on the show, but we're back. We're on the air. And what a night. It is Ruthless Aggression Night. And Finally. I'm pumped that you guys are on the show. Finally. It is our era. It, it Ruthless Aggression is, by a pretty decent margin, my favorite era. Yeah, it's wrestling for millennials. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Chad and I have been the old guys talking about the good old days this last few weeks, and uh, now we got your guys' generation. Yeah, we're like a couple old farts over here, like, hey, Leland, do do you remember when the golden era? I definitely see the appeal in watching wrestling back when nobody was good at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many but 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 real trivia question. Yeah. How many Batista bombs took place between nineteen ninety to ninety nine? Not enough. It's so it's so good that today we have wrestlers that don't have charisma. That's great. That yeah. all started with ruthless aggression. Yeah, remember the time when wrestlers could actually, you know, do their job without a script. It was amazing. So there he was. He dropped the sickest leg drop. He had him right you where he wanted him. The you era of, of scoop slams. <laughs> he looked him right in the eye and he said, you know what? I'm going to fuck you up. And male perms. Mm-hmm. See, Ooh. this is why I was so excited to have, to have this show. Because I knew it was going to be a complete split down the middle. It's going to be Chad the old, and Leland, the old farts. Against uh, the old young bucks here, no pun intended, with ruthless aggression. Might I add, there's still a scoop slam that's still being talked about today, with Andre scoop the Giant and Hulk Hogan. Fair. How many of those things? How many of those types of things made an impact on wrestling? That in the ruthless aggression, other than John Cena punching our boy who just got let go from WWE. You mean like Kurt memorable Angle. moments? Memorable moments. That's kind of memorable when John Cena got in the ring and said, "Ruthless aggression." Because Ruthless Aggression brought us money in the bank. Ruthless Aggression brought us one of the greatest fucking heels of all time. Who you got? In a version 2.0 Vince McMahon. Okay. Miss Graff, yeah. Like, 
he was good in in the Attitude Era as well. But he really, in my opinion, stepped into like Vincent Kennedy McMahon during Ruthless Aggression. Well, you've more already like the you guys have already like kind of touched on a little bit. This whole thing starts with Vince McMahon realizing that not only did he win the war, but the twilight of that was over. It was all gone. You know, the WCW is gone. And now ratings are starting to show that because yeah, wrestling off. fans, yeah, they started dipping off a little bit because they're like, well, it's not as exciting as it was in the Attitude Era. So, you know, it starts dipping off. So what does Vince McMahon do? And you guys already alluded to it. He gets in the ring, puts all the guys on, on the apron and, said, and, and has that call. For the ruthless aggression, that's what he's looking for. In the yeah. very next week, we see uh, we see John Cena famously accept the call. Um, didn't work out the way he wanted to the first <laughs> go around, but I, th- I think he figured it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we also got crazy shit that, like, I remember as a kid, my parents were totally like, "Yeah, you can watch wrestling. We don't care." My dad was a Goldberg guy. I watched a little bit of WCW, so it was like whatever. And then I remember the bus. Uh, mm-hmm. After school, I get off the bus, I fucking sprint to my house, go in, turn on Raw, and it was the episode where Edge and Lita are having sex in the mm-hmm. ring. Hey, yo. <laughs> and my parents were like, what in the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> that was a great one, dude. That was his celebration there. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That was like peak Edge, dude. That was peak Edge. <sighs> that was the Raider R Superstar. Yep. Randy Orton in his prime. That was, that was my favorite thing about that era. It, it wasn't just like the stories. It's just that we had the old guard that was still fantastic mm-hmm. and the new people all coming into their prime all at the same time. The roster was just enormous and fire. Yep. Yeah, they had to split the brands, right? So you had yeah. Raw and then SmackDown came. They had so much talent and you had to do something with it. So that was the birth of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Man, SmackDown was good for a while there mm-hmm. too, dude. On UPN, dude. I know you guys had a chance to look at the um, to check out the the series that WWE Network put out on the Ruthless Aggression era, and they were so right when they're talking about that brand split. How uh, Raw was viewed as the A show, and SmackDown was by far the B show. And you know, back then I thought that you know I've kind of I kind of drank that Kool Aid, but looking back now, about looking back now, man, SmackDown was so much better. And I don't know why I didn't see that back then, but but now I definitely do. It's exactly what is happening for the last five years. So they launched it and they're like, okay, Raw's the fucking Cadillac. SmackDown is mm-hmm. the Honda Accord, right? And we felt that way. No offense, Josh. <laughs> and we felt that way. But looking back, it's like, because SmackDown wasn't the big show, like creative was like let allowed to go loose and do what they wanted. Kind of like NXT now. I don't yeah, know about you guys. Yeah. I've been to numerous live shows. NXT is so much better than Raw in the last like five years. It's night and day. Wrestling, yes, absolutely. Now, um, I know you listen to the show, and we thank you for that. And you know that we're pretty big AEW fans. So I would like that comparison a little bit more. But, you know, that's okay. Oh, no, for sure. But I'm just talking about just just the WWE brand itself. AEW Yeah, no, no. If you're sticking in the world of WWE, NXT, wrestling-wise, is putting out the best show right now. Is there even anybody still on the roster? Or? <laughs> oh, my God. WWE just went ahead and cut my the whole gosh, roster. Yeah. Dude, I am blown away. By yeah. how many people have been COVID is killing the WWE. But well, it's era, not WWE killing it. WWE kind of shot themselves in the knee of the arrow about eight years ago, and then COVID just like put one in the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're all looking for the next Eric Bischoff to take over and 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 maybe work for AEW and put Vince McMahon out of business. Nope, the Chinese did it because they were eating bats. So, <laughs> so it was go. New Japan. 
Oh, it was New Japan. The entire time. It all makes sense. Those fuckers. I you know. Knew speaking it. of Eric Bischoff, the Ruthless Aggression era gave us another version of Eric Bischoff. Yep. He gave us the WWE yes. version, My which honestly version. I kind of actually like better. I like him Me way too. better than the WCW. Way better. You know, because and I got, he had and direction. I got a note here, and, and I'm so glad you're bringing it up, Josh. And, and you know, it doesn't surprise me that you're kind of you're wanting to lead the way on this show because it's this is your era, brother. Lead away. I'm so glad you're bringing up Eric Bischoff for one reason. I thought when Eric Bischoff showed up on Raw, that had that for me was the most shocking moment in wrestling since Hogan turning heel. I thought that that was such a perfect move at that time. And it shocked everybody because it had enough years past that, man, I just loved it. I loved it. Did you guys have that same feeling when you saw Eric show up? Yeah, a little different because for me, when WCW was still around, I was still pretty little. I watched it, but like it didn't have the impact of like if I was 15 or 16 or something. Mm -hmm. But I will say I do remember like him coming out and I felt that way to a point. I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. The WCW fucking leader guys here. And then also, the way that Raw changed in the next like six to eight weeks after Bishop showed up was very different, and I was all about it. Yeah, I love the fact that you just called him the WCW leader guy. <laughs> if, the, if there if there was one thing that just made me feel like an old man, yeah, that was. The, thanks for making me feel like an old man even more. You know that WCW leader guy. He was. He was really something back in the the late the late nineteen nineties, you know, like a hundred years ago. That that was my thinking, circa you know two thousand one when I was like eight. Well, you know, <laughs> something else that might blow your mind is that I didn't really watch wrestling very often at all. Sure. So the only Eric Bischoff I first knew was the WWE Eric Bischoff. No way. Mm -hmm. That was the only so version you, I so knew. So you didn't know you didn't know the history then. Not at the the time, no. I didn't even actually figure that out. Until he was actually let go from Raw. Wow. You know, the one thing that he captured was, and Chad, you can kind of play into this. He really played into creating in the WWE that same obnoxious Eric Bischoff heel that we all oh, yeah. hated in WCW. He was able to recreate that in WWE. Did you have that same feeling, Chad? You know, the thing I always remember about Eric Bischoff, because we watched WCW as kids, was the... The, the the victim persona he used to play with the NWO and oh, then yeah. played yeah. off as, oh, actually, I've been part of this team the entire time. Then to watch yeah, him in WWE. Everybody in WCW did that. Yeah, that <laughs> like by the end, the entire roster was in NWO. He was a much more grounded character, and that was probably because at that time, even though the pipe bomb hadn't happened yet, I'm sure mm -hmm. Vince had a lot of like, hey, you need to tone that shit down a little bit because you're all over the fucking board. The, the Eric Bischoff, I remember, was the dude that was like, one day he was super heel, next time he's a victim, next time he's Hogan's buddy, next time he's not. Like, he was all over the place. WWE grounded him out and made him consistent. I agree with that. Your description of him reminds me of Triple H in the early days, too. Like, you'd watch him for a couple weeks, and he'd be like, face, and then he'd be heel, and then he'd be the victim. And then he was just all over the place. That reminds me of Triple H a lot. Yeah, but look back, look back at Vince McMahon, let's say early 90s, when Vince McMahon was just the announcer. Most people didn't know that he owned the WWF, right? He did the same thing. One day, 
1997 at Survivor Series, he just showed up and got spit in the face by Bret Hart because he just screwed the guy, which I still believe, by the way, for all the fans that listened to last week's episode. Josh has not convinced me otherwise. He spits, gets spit in the face by Bret Hart. You think it was a work? I do think it was a work. I don't think it was a work. I think oh, Bret Hart no. has been Thank you. Man, where were you last week, Nick? Thank Sorry, you. Sorry, buddy. I don't Thank think it's a word. I'll convince you off air. I think this long after, we would have known for sure if it was a work, and I don't think it was. There I'll you go. You so Vince McMahon, he's doing the same thing. Then all of a sudden, he gets spit in the face, and now he's a part of the show, and he's this, this huge heel. Uh, Eric Bischoff did the same thing. He was an announcer with Tony Schiavone, and then next thing you know, he's in the ring wearing this classic ni- mid-'90s jean jacket, and and he looks uh he's turning heel he's he's hogan's best friend so anyway i really digress from that because he was that heel in wwf or i'm sorry wwe and it was amazing to me that he was able to pull that off twice yep he definitely did twice i i think that one of the things that impacted how i felt about bishop coming in too was that i hated vince russo so much oh i still hate wcw That I didn't mm-hmm. see Eric Bischoff in the same light that a lot of people probably did from seeing him longer. So, like, if it had been Vince Russo coming over at that time and being in the face of the public and everything, I would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hate the fact that Vince Russo lives in Denver. That motherfucker needs to get out of Colorado. <laughs> uh, can I jump ship to something really quick? With the two... Army with the two, with the two dudes that are on our show tonight? I, I, I got a question for you guys. Uh, considering... When uh, Leland and I used to do these uh, Raw parties, we'd go to each other's houses, we'd watch Raw, and the only yep. thing we did was bag on John Cena. We fucking hated John Cena. We wanted, yep. we yeah, didn't care if, who he was against that week, we were for the person that was going against Cena that week, every time. We were yes. over on that guy. So for you guys growing up with Ruthless Aggression Cena, the Doctor of Thugonomics, did you prefer that version of John Cena or the one that he evolved into? 100%, I think, for me. Uh, I definitely preferred early John Cena. Um, you could see him working for it. Like <clears throat> The character was good. It was a lot of off-the-top stuff, which I always respect and I like. He was still trying to become a better wrestler, whereas in like later on, the whole hustle, loyalty, respect, support the troops John Cena that we know now for the last decade. He's been the face of the WWE for so long that like he's got five moves, and he's still mm-hmm. good on the mic, but he's got... He's got five moves. It's like no, no pun intended. Back the when, f- five knuckle shuffle. Yeah, five knuckle shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. Back back then though, he was doing like I remember the first time back when he was in Thugonomics is the first time I saw him throw a hurricanrana, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That'll probably piss off Scott Steiner, uh, Frankensteiner. <laughs> I don't want Big Papa Pump coming after me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can he get out of bed to do it? I appreciated and respected that John Cena more and for different reasons than I do the one now. I hated him because he was trying to steal the spotlight from Dave Batista. They both were put <laughs> over at WrestleMania 20 fucking one. And I was so over on Batista that I'm like, John Cena's whatever. He's fucking omics idiot. And then <laughs> Batista had so much pull, and then fucking they transfer him to SmackDown, and then they're like, yeah, John Cena's coming to Raw. So fuck him. <laughs> so fuck him. <laughs> That's exactly so how we him. felt. That when was we were the three part answer of why you hate John Cena. I love mm-hmm. it. 
It only had um, one answer, and that was Dave Batista. That's all you needed to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The animal. It's Dave the motherfucking animal. Well, you know what? Batista. Okay. So, OVW, specifically February 2002, this roster consists of John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> and, and the animal himself, Batista. What year did he wrestle Angle in debut? Uh, John Cena. 04? So yeah, I think that was it was post no, it was be- all the Stone Cold. No, it was stuff. beginning. It was beginning of ruthless aggression. So are you I talking about say- the the prototype John Cena? Yeah, the red shorts, shorts, goofy. Yeah. So that was 2002. That was the end of 2002. That was 2002. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So they were only in OVW together for about six months, and that that short window, man, it, it just produced. I mean, is. Out of those names, is there any bigger names in wrestling right now? I I, I don't think so. Well, there's no names in wrestling Maybe right Jericho. now. Maybe Jericho. jobless, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you take that back. They are not jobless. <laughs> They're all just going to AEW. That is that is one hell of a fucking, like... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Release? Uh, no, no, no. Like... <laughs> Release? Uh, varsity class. Sorry. <laughs> it's like a varsity class. Oh, team. yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know that's something we were talking about too. You said who who had bigger names? Like you still had Eddie Guerrero, um, oh, Rey Mysterio. These guys were part they of the ruthless aggression. They came over, and and they were putting on clinics on SmackDown. You know, this is why I feel like SmackDown was the superior show because they had those guys on SmackDown, yeah. doing phenomenal, putting on phenomenal shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah even and the thing about that era versus like eras after it. Some of the eras before it still had this too but, like, we kind of lost it after Ruthless Aggression, is that, like, even if it was somebody who they threw on SmackDown and they're like, eh, whatever happens, happens, and we have some of those guys coming over, is that even if they weren't good on the mic and they didn't have the best character, everyone, not everyone, but most of them, were fired, like, technicians. Like, you at least Mm -hmm. got to see good wrestling. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So... You know, I may... uh, I know this is going to be taboo to do this, and and you know what? I kind of... Let me back up. I want to go around the table real quick. Who was the most, in in your guys' opinion, who was the most impactful wrestler in Ruthless Aggression uh, for you guys? Josh, we know your answer, so go ahead and go first. Uh, I'd probably have to give it to Rick motherfucking David Tista. (laughs) (laughs) Because here's why. Before he came out, there was never anyone named Dave Batista, and I can guarantee you that no <laughs> one filled those shoes until now. He gave to this day the best power bomb in the history of power bombs. He arguably has top three best spear. His spine buster was next level, and he just had the physique. I mean, he was built. He had muscles <laughs> as big as the eyes can see. Chest so big like a honey glazed ham. Arm so big like a big, big man. That's who I pick. <laughs> Although okay. he did have the weird belly button tattooed, and that loses a lot of points for me. No, and no, that was the ring. star. The nose ring, too. Yeah, there's the nose ring. Hey, the Nick. nose ring didn't come till PG. What's wrong with nose rings, fellas? I don't know. Lesbians really <laughs> like him. Anyway, who's your, uh, who's your guy? <sighs> okay. This is a really, really hard question for me, because during Ruthless Aggression... All of my favorite wrestlers were in their prime. Other than I'm a big CM Punk fan, and he wasn't sure. there at that point. Fair. But, well, he was there, but he wasn't. Well, CM he Punk. wasn't CM Punk. Yeah. But um, 
it's probably if I think of through that whole era. I mean, Stone Cold's kind of he leaves after like what a year into that. He lives in like what oh three. Bro. Yeah, oh three is when he really yeah uh, yeah he leaves oh three. The Rock starts doing movies. He's half timer. Um, but this era, so these guys are both two of my favorites. They're both big to me for two different reasons. It's between, and this is going to be controversial, Chris Benoit. Um, for me, I'm a small guy. I'm like five seven. Um, you know, I I did wrestling and other sports growing up, so getting to see somebody who was very small in stature like hang and be more technical with all these big, huge, badass dudes. And he was just so mean and ruthless. I was so into that guy. Um, plus we got matches like, dude, that fucking Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit match is one of the greatest matches of all time. Technical mm-hmm. wise. Yeah. 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 It's a good sure. match. Um, totally so it's between story. Benoit and Chris Jericho. Cause we get like the best Chris Jericho in my opinion. He's still got the long hair. He's still rocking the pants. He starts doing the highlight yeah. reel. Uh, just really uncaged Benoit or uh, Jericho at that point. So probably nice. Jericho more. Okay. Chad. I feel like this is dog cast profiles right now. <laughs> Real wrestlers. Uh, this might seem like pretty stupid for me to bring this up considering, but maybe it's the old guy in me. Uh, Ric Flair, in my opinion, was a huge Dude, guy. Best Ric Flair. Best Ric Flair. Yes. Like golden age guys, but like Ric Flair, like kind of his, Mojo went away. He was kind of bad. When he joined Evolution, bro, that's my favorite Ric Flair. Fire. And the matches he had with Orton during that time Fire, when he was in the dude. faction. And then he, oh he did his famous Ric Flair shit. The boom, run the ball sack, baby. And prior to the Ruthless Aggression, he was never tag team champion with Dave Batista. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the old guy in me, but I... When I go back and I watch old Ruthless Aggression matches, it's always Ric Flair standing out. Everything. Well, and then he did stand he, out. That was, he was fire that whole run, dude. Yeah, he was excellent. And then, obviously, he went into yeah. his retirement four years later against HBK, which was a phenomenal mm-hmm. ending of a match for him oh, to, to do. A, it was just, he, he, his ever. best work was from that 03, 04 to 2008. Like, those, you know, four or five years was just fire for him. I agree. Man, now that I'm thinking about this, like, there's so many guys where I'm like, oh, he was, like, Kane during Ruthless Aggression. That's why it's the best era. Fire, dude. Fuck. It it really is a Pandora's box. So, you know, I think I'm going to have to uh, show you guys my my notes here so you don't think I'm completely a hose bag. (laughs) But my my absolute favorite when I think of Ruthless Aggression is, and I know it's taboo, but I'm with you, Nick, it's Chris Benoit. It goes back to, for me, it goes back to not only WCW and what that cruiserweight division uh, meant to WCW. What was that but uh, then, crew called with, like, Dean Malenko and Saturn? Uh, when they first came over, I don't know. You're going to, I don't know. You're going to blow up. The accolades or some shit? Yes, yes, no. yes, yes, yes. No, was it was. It? It, was the, it was the accolades, yep. Man. So you know when they when they come over when they come over WCW's out and and now we have this ruthless aggression era, and you could just see that in the cruiserweight division you could see those guys were going to be something big, and they absolutely were. So and I know that's taboo, and and now you know we we even now have that two part series on Vice, of oh um, you know the dark side of the ring, and it's talking about specifically Benoit, and I think um, you know I'm not trying to get too too deep in conversation here, but seeing the effects of what CTE has done 
in um, in wrestling. You know, the the sport I love. It changed but, the sport um, completely after that. Completely, completely. So when I think ruthless aggression, I I I, I, <laughs> I go right back to um, to what Chris Benoit was able to do. And the second name on my list is completely in agreement with Chad. Go figure. Everybody, everybody, you know, is like hitting their foreheads, going, "Duh, no shit." All of our fans. It's Ric Flair. But and no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never liked Batista. I'm sorry. So, and and here's why. Here's why it was Ric Flair for me. Now, as you guys know, and all of our all the turnbucklers know, I, I'm I'm completely a Ric Flair fan. I've always been a Ric Flair fan. That's not going to change. I think his best work was in Ruthless Aggression era because I agree. He did not have the steamboat of '89. He did not have that technical side. He couldn't do that stuff anymore because now he's in his mid-50s. So that's just age. That's just father time catching up with him. But what does he do? He then becomes the dirtiest player in the game. Jim Ross did not title him the dirtiest player in the game until Ruthless Aggression. Before then, nobody was calling him the dirtiest player in the game. So that's just another nod. That's just another nod to the greatest to the GOAT, Ric Flair. That's just another nod to what, what he was able to do and what he was able to accomplish. So, man, guys, that that I'm glad we could all go around and we, we have a little bit of agreeing there and a little bit of disagreeing. But the Ruthless Aggression era was a great era of wrestling. Uh, I dare say probably the most important of, um, of the last maybe even 30 years. I mean, it was a very important era, especially when you look at what wrestling is now. I hope you guys had a little bit of fun tonight. It's a work. Um, it's a work. Every bit of it's a work. The Montreal Screwjob was not a work. It actually no, happened. No, sir. It actually happened. With that, whether you heal, whether you're babyface, do you, baby. <sighs> hey, man. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always fun. Yeah, of course, my dude. Anytime. Yeah, hey, uh, before I go, here's the keys to your DeLorean. Wait a minute. You were the time monger? 